Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show that teaches you how to live your very best life. Uh, I hope everybody's having a beautiful summer and enjoying the good weather. Uh, we're already in August. My God, the time goes fast. You know, every week, every month, I think to myself about the original uh, meaning of this show and what was my hope of what to get across. And as I said just now, it's about living your best life. So it seemed long overdue to do a show on addiction. Now, some of you listening right now may be saying to yourself, oops, this is not the right show for me. I'm not addicted. So I'm going to speak to you guys first. Um, I've, I've gone to and listened to researchers talk about this, and it's something I feel very strongly about, which is, in fact, we're all addicts. So some, it's possible that some of you might be going, what? That's not true. Okay. What I mean by that is that there are addictions that are the obvious ones like alcohol and crack cocaine and gambling and people know that they're in trouble. But there's Facebook addiction, there's technology addiction, there's watching too much sports addiction, there might be a reality TV and I might have some guilt there addiction. There's a lot of ways we get addicted and we use addiction is one of the things that's interesting about it is addiction is a way of numbing pain. So the reason we do this is because life has pain in it. There's no one who escapes pain. So therefore, it's very easy to slip into it. So to do a show like this, I wanted to bring on an expert. And of course, I turned to my dream team. I have somebody on my team who's not only a top psychotherapist and a dear friend, but she is actually a trained specialist in addiction. So to start the conversation and to get really into it, I wanted to ask her to come on Straight Talk. She graciously said yes. So uh, Melissa Henley, certified counselor, is here today uh, to talk with us about addiction. So welcome back to Straight Talk, Melissa. Thank you. I'm really happy. What do you think of this, you know, statement? It's a provocative statement that we're all addicts. Like, how does that sit with you? And what do you think about that? I, I totally agree. And I like how you speak to that because we often see the ones, like you said, the alcohol or the drug addiction, that's a little bit more obvious. And we, we tend to not remind ourselves about the, the more subtle ones. So like relationships or video games. And I often see that a lot in my love class. addicts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big one that you brought up there, too. We're definitely going to have to cover that, too. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, very important. Yeah, even was we were, while you were talking, I also thought we'll talk about ang- people who get addicted to their anxiety. Symptoms. Yes, yes. yes. Anxiety. Yes. yes. And we do see that, don't we? Mm-hmm. We Where do. on earth do we start? There's so much to say about I know. this. Well, I think first, like, maybe we can start by, you know, just defining what addiction is. Please. And I think you touched upon it. So um, in your opinions, what? how do you define to your clients or when you see this addiction? Well, like you said, I, I mentioned numbing pain. I mean, yeah. all these addictions fulfill 
uh, the fact that you don't have to feel things. The problem is that whatever the substance is, let's say your addiction is to accomplishment. Mm -hmm. You like to accomplish things. Type A personalities. I'm a type A person. I like to accomplish things. But the problem where it becomes an addiction is you need more and more of the drug. So if your drug is accomplishment, you're only as good as your last accomplishment. If your drug is work, you need to work more and more and more. If your drug is anxiety symptoms, more and more. If it's alcohol, more and more. If it's Xanax, more and more. So numbing pain and needing more and more of the substance, whatever the substance may be, is an addiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to yourself? Yeah, I agree. And I think that I often see in a lot of the clients that there's this huge preoccupation with planning around the addiction. Oh, so that's such a good point. It's not only the actual act of doing the behavior that you, you're using to numb, but it's also the preparation with it so like when you're at home and you're thinking about like let's say for example I'll call like you can't wait for the weekend or you can't wait for the next day and so you start to just plan uh, using and, and this can happen too in relationships you're, you're obsessing about the relationship and it takes a lot of thoughts surrounded about that. That's a really good point. And I think that whole thing about planning uh, comes from even in alcoholism, that alcoholics, a lot of the drinking, and I'm no alcoholic and I actually really don't drink. But if when I do want to drink, and this is true for alcoholics, is the getting the right glass and the right ambience. And alcoholics talk about this a lot in, in sessions that you know, giving up alcohol is not just giving up the drink, it's giving up the planning that you're talking about mm-hmm. is like getting together with someone and having a drink or coffee could be that way mm-hmm. too as, you know, and and smoking people talk about a, let's have a coffee and a cigarette and mm-hmm. uh, the same thing, it's all part of it. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because it is a ritual when it you is. think about it, really important it point. Is. And that's like what we'll talk about too with the treatment. It's not only about removing the substances or whatever it is, the behavior that we're, we've become addicted to, but it's It's also trying to change the whole ritual and the whole routine of it all. Okay. Well, okay. So I think we're clear on addiction per se. So I guess, you know, here I am saying that I don't drink alcohol, but I like a nice wine glass when I do have wine. So uh, how would I know if I'm an addict or not? And I'm going to, I'm going to answer partly and have you jump in Mm. is like, I don't drink alcohol. So, um, like I I get headaches. I, I kind of think I probably could have gone addicted because I like the idea you know, mm. I like it. And I, and I worked in a bar, so I was in the right place, but I get these horrible headaches. So it probably saved me. But let's say I was starting to come home from a hard day of work. I see clients and it's, you know, it can be a tough job. And I started thinking during the day when I get home, I'll just have my wine or I'll just have, I'll smoke. Oh, this is, I hear a lot of these days. I'll just smoke a joint yeah. and people say smoking weed is not addictive. I don't agree, but Okay, how would I know, Melissa, if I'm an addict or if I'm just, you know, people drink wine, people smoke joints, we're not prudes. Yeah, and the the way I talk to my clients about this is that it's not the amount or how much you do it necessarily, but it's the reasons why are you doing it. Okay. So we talked about to numb out to cope yeah. with difficult emotions, but it's also trying to understand what's the reasons why you need and that's a very important part, is why you need that glass of wine or why you need that joint. Need versus want. Yes. So it's more um, that. And also really trying, like, a lot of times we bargain with ourselves. We say, okay, um, I'll just drink on the weekends or I'll just see this person on the weekends or I'll just gamble on the weekends. And so we try to start to bargain with ourselves. And one of the definitions, too, is that addiction is considered when we're really trying to cut back and we can't. 
despite our best efforts. So if somebody is smoking a joint um, every night when they get home, and I would say to them as a therapist, like, you know, how about tonight journaling instead of smoking a joint about how you're feeling? And they're like, absolutely not. I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. That would be a bad sign. Yeah, or they might want to and and their intentions are there. But when it comes time to it, it's they're really trying, but they just it's hard to to not do it because again of the ritual and the routine. And and so it trying to cut back despite our efforts. Okay, so people might have questions, Melissa, so I'm just going to give out the phone number. It's 1-866-472-5792. Again, 1-866-472-5792. Join the conversation. And for shy people who don't want to do that, if you'd like to text us, that's not a problem either, 514-796-4357. We're talking addiction. We're talking um, how you know if you're addicted and how uh, it's – now. what we're going to talk about now is how it plays into mental health issues like anxiety or depression. Um, And if you want to join the conversation, Please text us. We love that or call us. No problem. So, Melissa, we mentioned before, okay, we work, it's the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. So Mm -hmm. the majority of our cases are about relationships, anxiety, or depression. Um, I've always found it interesting that depressed people like to smoke weed and drink alcohol, which is really funny. Yes, because it's a depressant. depressant. (laughs) Right. So it's not going to make you feel happier. It's going to depress you. (laughs) So, you know, how do you see... um, how do you see addiction playing into mental health issues? Which comes first, the chicken or the egg, by the way? Well, th- th- it's a hard question. But I think in from what I see in my experience, and you, you can talk about to it from what you've seen, but I there's definitely a mental health issue underneath the addiction. Like someone doesn't just wake up and choose, you know, this is what I want my life to be like. It's a choice later on. But I think that um, definitely there, there's something driving it, the addiction first. So that's one of the things we have to get to is really the root and so it's anxiety or depression um, or trauma a lot of times we see trauma in in people who have addiction issues so I find that interesting so when you have a patient in your office that's addicted you don't go to the treatment of the addiction right away you go to what's the root issue Oh, What's okay. So how do you do that, Miss Melissa? Well, the thing, having them identify first, because there could be some denial that's going in. So we have yeah. to, we have to address that. What does denial can. sound like? Denial sounds like, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone. I, I don't, you know, I just have one, um, you know, it's not creating a problem in my life. And we try to justify why our behavior is okay. So first we have to kind of identify that there is an addiction but also trying to get to the root so looking for any symptoms like what the thing is hard because a lot of drugs or alcohol can mimic depression so it's really hard to kind of tease out if it's depression that's causing it or like you said marijuana and alcohol is a depressant so is it from the substances Okay. So it's hard to tease out the two, but I think with the skills and to cope with anxiety, giving tools, CBT tools to help reduce that first. CBT being cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to, a certain amount of honesty is needed, right? So if I work a lot yeah. and if, if I come to your office and I say, 
I don't think I'm an addict. I just work a lot. I, you know, it's, I'm a hardworking girl. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to admit mm-hmm. that I'm working to not feel something else. Yeah. So that requires the therapist to be, or the counselor, to be really on the money for sure, so to speak. Um, but also for the patient, the client, to be willing to admit, like, what I would ask someone who works a lot is, what are you running away from? Yeah. Like, why are you so busy? I ask a lot of my yeah. patients, why are you so busy? What is the busyness? What function does it serve? Mm-hmm. Do you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, what are you avoiding? Yeah. Okay. And I really love, like, something I really got from you was, to be honest, we have to be honest with ourselves. That's important. It's very hard to do, but it's being honest with ourselves and... Uh, trying to figure out what's what's driving this okay so we're going to take a short break we'll we'll come right back and we'll talk about why it's so hard to tell ourselves the truth about ourselves which is a global concept that affects everything and if you can tell yourself the truth you can have the stars in life so we'll be right back with the fabulous melissa melissa henley on straight talk with sandra Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-504. Or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. 
Okay, we are having a very important and perhaps overdue uh, talk about addiction because it affects so much of so many of us, and it's 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 very prevalent. Um, and you know, I'm going to say that the reason I think it's prevalent is life. You know, as the older person in the room, um, your hostess Sandra here, life has challenges. There are lots of things that can go wrong, and so how we cope with these challenges is absolutely paramount. Now, before I get into that, I think that this is a great time to say um, uh, a thank you to our sponsor because. Our sponsor is Spa Minari here in Montreal. And the reason I think it's relevant is, first of all, I'm going to give you their website, which is spaminari.com, and the phone number is 514-695-5040. I mention that because um, going to a spa, actually, and taking some time for yourself is one of the ways to negotiate your feelings so that you don't slip into addiction. Mm. So I think it's a good time to mention them. And also know that if you call them at 695-5040, area code 514, and you mention Straight Talk with Sandy Reach, you get 15% off any treatment. That's massages, that's facials, that's beauty stuff. I think we should like take that. some time I and do that. So. Like good We're always care. working or else we're addicts too. Yeah. So. Uh, before we get back into it, I left off with the idea of telling yourself the truth. So even right now, maybe we can start with ourselves. Mm. Can we tell the truth about, you know, it's not easy, but I think if we're going to ask other people to do it, we have to do it. So I've already alluded to the fact that if you told me tonight that I can't watch TV before I go to bed, mm. I wouldn't be very happy with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, do I consider myself ready for rehab? No, I don't. But I admit that I sometimes use TV as a way to numb out, and sometimes it that's not so healthy. Sometimes, you know, journaling would be a better choice, or going to Spa Minari with you would be a better choice. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when hardship shows up in my life, sometimes watching some really silly TV works for me. And there are addictive properties to that. So I have to, I'm going on radio and admitting something that there's a little bit of an addiction there. And it's not easy to say that. So would you be able to, because as I, you know, I believe that everyone's an addict. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Because, you know, it could be taking care of your pets. It could be so many things. There's so many things. available. What, do you think you're addicted anywhere? I do. Accomplishments. I do. I think definitely I agree with the TV. Like I have to sleep with the TV on every night. Oh, really? Every night. Have yeah. to sleep with so it fills a function. It, it fills does. a function. It does. Does it numb you? Um, it avoids me thinking. Okay, and you're a big thinker like I'm me. I'm a big thinker. So, so am I. It avoids that. Yeah. And I think I'm also addicted to caretaking. Oh, that's a big, honest one. Yep. Can you say what that even means? So caretaking, with, <laughs> for me, it's, it's to avoid my issues. I focus on other people. So I... I help other people. I put other people's needs before my own. Now I'm 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 a lot better, and I've done my own work to to put myself first and uh, and to know the difference between caring and caretaking. So, um, but yeah, that's my addiction that I had to. That's a, a really important one. We weren't planning to talk about this today, no. but I'm going to take a pause on that because yeah. caretaking, that's another one that I've I've had that challenge also, is highly addictive because it's actually not putting someone's needs ahead of yours because the need is to caretake. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which because And why do people need to caretake? Because then they feel better, better about themselves and that's the drug hit. Mm-hmm. I'm such a good person. Look how I took care of someone. Mm-hmm. That's the drug. Mm-hmm. And women fall into it like flies. 
wise because if I don't feel good about you know so Melody Beattie wrote a great book called Codependent No More and it was about alcoholism and drug addiction but she also said and this is the line that got me years ago is she's driving home from work and she'd think I'll take a drink I'll take a drug or I'll go fix someone yeah fixing people is addictive that yeah. means therapists might have this problem if they do it outside of work it's true oh and boy. i think that that that's why it's really important to talk about with the the um concept of addiction because it's it's one of the biggest addiction that goes under the radar wow glad you brought that up mm-hmm. wow okay so caretaking addiction so again another way of not looking at yourself that's what all addictions do they yeah, take you away avoid. from you your pain because if let's say caretaking you're, if i'm if you if you secretly don't feel as good about yourself as you'd like as long as you're caretaking you don't have to look at that I don't pain. have to look I can yeah. focus on someone else's problem so how am I how 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 would we get us to look at our pain how would we do it well the again with the first step is always being honest so acknowledging that but okay, also so we found out we're both addicts yes but but we also I find what's helpful too is to acknowledge how addiction changes the brain okay because once I had that piece of awareness too um, it helped me to then focus on that it because then I didn't feel weak every time if I could fall into the caretaking. So how, do you want to say a bit about that? Yeah. So with, with any addiction, there's, I mean, we have neurotransmitters in our brain, we have dopamine. And the thing is that when we have, let's say, for example, I'm going to use cocaine. So when people use drugs or substances or whatever it is that feels good. So dopamine is like our feel good pleasurable response in our brain, right? This Crack is, cocaine of the brain, I call yes, it. Yes, this is what helps us feel good. This is when we do things, it feels good. So the, the thing is, our, our brain naturally produces this. And the thing is that when we use drugs, and, and let's say cocaine, for example, um, it gives us an overstimulation of that dopamine. So yes. what happens, that overstimulation is going to cause us to feel that high. Now, when it's overstimulated, the brain, what it does, it's saying, whoa, there's too much going on. And what it does is that it's, it slows down the production of dopamine. Oh. So when you're not using, what's going to happen? You feel lousy. You feel lousy. You feel like there's less dopamine going on. So what's going to happen? What, what's the best way you know to get that dopamine rush again? Go watch that TV show again. Go watch Go caretake someone. Go, Go take the cocaine. Exactly. And so then that's when we become dependent on it. And then we need that to feel better. Wow. So it changes the whole brain. But what's reinforcing about this is that once we stop the addictive nature, even though it changes the brain, there's a lot of research that shows Uh, with neuroplasticity, the brain can regain itself again. The brain can rebalance itself when you stop using your drug or uh, behavior of choice. Um, That is really well stated and so important, Melissa. And, uh, you know, one thing I want to add to that is something I read years ago that completely freaked me out, um, that, however, although the brain can reorganize itself, an addict is always an addict. And what that means, and that's where you have to be careful, because let's say you do smoke weed and you're like, listen to the show and you're like, that's it, today's the day. Um, The problem is that someone who's an addict's brain is different than someone who's not an addict. So that means that 10 years down the line, Mm -hmm. if I take a a joint Mm -hmm. and I've never been addicted, I, I get high and nothing really happens. However, if you've been addicted, the brain never forgets. No. I don't know if you know this. I think you do. And it lights up like a slot machine and goes, hey, baby, we're home. Yeah. And it starts all over again, which is why when people quit smoking and they say, I'm going to just take one cigarette, 
That's a disaster. Never you worked. can't do it. The brain, and it's, whereas other people who never smoke, they can take a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the addict's brain is forever, has a memory yeah. of that pleasure center. And we're very addicted to pleasure. We are. And that's the whole reward circuit that's yeah. going on in our brain. Mm-hmm. So that's what I encourage too, is that um, you can't just remove the behavior or the drug or the alcohol. You can't just remove it. Okay. You have to replace it with something else. Okay. Healthy. Okay. So, what what could be some examples of the the thing that we can replace it with that's healthier? What, if we're talking about cocaine, or if we're talking about caretaking, I'm gonna do Everything. caretaking. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I think that step one we review, step one is to find out what's driving the car, which is the pain. Yeah. So it's always pain. So if I have pain, what I can replace it with is something that soothes my pain, Mm -hmm. that doesn't numb my pain. Mm -hmm. So for me, it might be journaling. It might be meditating. It might be going for a walk outdoors. It may be talking to a friend about some struggle that I'm going through right now instead of doing that. Could be those. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And and uh, using um, tools to reduce, because like I said, once a lot of people numb to avoid the pain. And so once our behaviors are not there, the pain is going to intensify because we're not numbing it anymore. So it's, it's normal to feel kind of worse at the beginning before you feel better because we're not stuffing it under the rug anymore how are people supposed to deal with that though now they have two pains yeah now there's two pains the loss of not coping with with their unhealthy behaviors but also the the actual physical pain and emotional pain well said so um definitely the things that you talked about um sometimes even just doing activities like um when when uh, when there's depression involved we we kind of get can get, stay stuck and and uh you know it's hard to get out of bed and so it's just doing things getting out of the house going for a walk um talking to people um uh, definitely understanding our triggers that I find help too, like understanding what triggers me, not only pain, but other things that can trigger um, me to use and using the skills. So my breathing techniques, they take longer, but in the long term, I'm not, it's, it's a long term gain. Because short term, it's easier just to go for the drugs. Um, but if I use my breathing, if I challenge my thoughts, if I cope with cravings, um, then it'll, it'll have more long-term effects. So it's probably good to work with a clinician or yeah, counselor at that point. I agree because it's it's hard to come up with, like I said, replacing things that are healthier. Um, so definitely to understand your triggers, to cope with cravings. There's a lot of techniques that a therapist can help you through with, uh, with that because cravings can be very intense. So we're going to take a break, but I think I'm going to put the teaser out there that I think what I'd like to come back with is we said earlier in the show that people get addicted to even symptoms and pain and drama. And don't we all know someone who always has a painful, dramatic story? Um, Now, it's somewhat counterintuitive because why would anyone ever get addicted to drama and pain? But people do. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Senator Reich and we'll find out why. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-504. Or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're here talking about addiction and, uh, you know, the pervasiveness and the insidious nature of it, because it really, by the way, we're talking lightly about caretaking and this and that, but addiction actually can destroy a whole family, uh, can destroy a childhood, can, it's, it's quite serious, and um, it is really something that has to be watched. Uh, alcohol addiction, uh, for example, I've been a therapist for, and I was a bartender for 22 years, I've been in the therapy field for uh, going on 18 years, it's a lot of years, you can see I'm not a young woman anyways. Uh, my divert and I don't think I've ever seen anything destroy families as much as alcohol uh, to the point that's probably a big part of why other than the headaches that I'm not a big drinker um, so it's quite serious and alcohol is one of the most socially acceptable yeah. addictions now before we took a break I also talked about the fact that I'm amazed that doesn't really make sense but people do get addicted to drama and pain but yet it seems like why would anyone get addicted to drama or pain if it feels awful mm-hmm. thoughts Well, we have to ask ourselves, what are we getting from it? And I think that once we understand what's the payoff, because... Is there a payoff to being in pain? Yes. Oh. 
What What are your thoughts? Well, of course, I agree with you, but my our clients are going to say there's what? no payoff to being in pain. <laughs> it's hard to see. But again, being honest with ourselves, we're humans. We have we avoid pleasure, uh, we avoid pain, and we go towards pleasure. Oh, so that's a, that's a good line. <laughs> when when we do something that. All our behaviors has a purpose, all of them, even the unhealthy ones. So we have to ask ourselves, what could I be getting from this drama or uh, relationships or just the, the, the pain? What am I getting from it? Right. So I, I was working with somebody who keeps getting in relationships that there's a lot of drama and the payoff for her is that she's very uncomfortable with closeness. Mm. So as long as there's drama, there's no closeness. It keeps people at a distance. It certainly does. Mm. And payoff for pain, another one that I want to make sure people hear is that you have a sad story to tell mm. and that can give you a lot of attention. A lot of sympathy. A lot. And attention's a big reinforcer. So <laughs> that's where if you're listening, you have to be honest with yourself. Are you milking the pain? Because pain is hard, but you can't stay in pain forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's a choice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and the same thing is with um, addiction or, or in terms of alcohol and drugs is that, you know, there, there's advantages to it. And it's hard for us to see it that way because there's a lot of disadvantages. But we can't, we, we have to understand the advantages in order to change them. We can't deny that. We can't ignore the advantages that we get from drugs and alcohol or caretaking or relationships because it's a very important piece of the puzzle in order to cure it, to solve it. Um, you, you're, you're newer in the field than I am. You're younger than I am. But you've also worked in a rehab center and you've mm-hmm. been working for us for a while now. Do you agree that addictions and alcohol in particular, alcohol and drugs, uh, probably destroys families more than anything else you've seen? Because that's certainly been my experience. It, and it's generational. It, like, it affects everybody. Yeah. And, and that's why in my work, I, I do a lot of family therapy because it's not just the person struggling with addiction, it affects the whole family. And um, even though the person that is addicted, I often hear them say, well, I'm just hurting myself. You know, I'm just drinking. I'm not hurting anybody. I do it after the kids are asleep. I do it after the kids are asleep. Like I'm doing, you know, no one's watching me and it's my life and I'm not hurting anyone. But the, the thing is that it does hurt relationships. It hurts children. It hurts relationships. And and we have to acknowledge that and also see how it hurts them so that as a family, we can, we can uh, you know, try to create differences and, and a better relationship with everybody. You know, to keep this nice and meaty, Melissa, um, as a matter of fact, just, you know, we talk about caretaking. I talk about caretaking an awful lot. Uh, caretakers are often born in families of addiction mm. uh, because the adults aren't behaving like adults. So the child learns to read cues very quickly in the family. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, many people who grow up in dysfunctional families become very good at reading cues. And by the way, they become therapists because mm. they, they turn their lemons into lemonade is they have a skill that's unusual to read things because caretaking, again, often comes out of slippery boundaries in a family and slippery boundaries often show up with addiction because yeah. addiction itself is a major boundary violation. Yeah. Okay, so for people listening where this affects their family, not necessarily themselves or friends, I'm curious also, you know, what should people do? Because before we get into this, I do want to say that although we're very compassionate people, I I think that you do this in your sessions too, and I do, is that it is a concept of tough love that needs to be used 
in addiction, meaning that if your partner's addicted to video games or alcohol, it's it's not like all oh, honey. It's it's quite <laughs> serious. And people call me all the time and say, well, my kid, but what do you want me to do? Kick my kid out of the house if they don't stop? And I say, yeah. you might have to. And yeah. they say, would you do it with your kid? I say, I wouldn't be happy. But it's only tough love that works, correct? Yeah. It, it, the thing is that we, I love how you said this because it, we often see that um, a lot of family members try to protect the addict. So much. Try to protect them. And maybe which, in a way they're protecting. Which protect, addiction alive. It does. It enables it. And maybe they're trying to protect themselves too as well. Um, but, you know, lying for them or a lot of times addiction, they'll, be, they'll miss important obligations. And so, um, you know, trying to cover up for them and lie to them, lie for them and say that they're sick or they're not feeling well. And we, we try to create a cocoon because there's such a stigma around it. We try to hide it. But the, this create this feeds the addiction so yeah. in terms of of um the tough love is that we we can't protect them anymore um it, it's not it's not helping them to protect them it's not it's just feeding the addiction so but you know melissa i know the answer to this but i want to pick your brain is that your child it's your child your child's in pain i know the reason they're smoking weed or drinking is because they're already in pain you know your child's unhappy mm-hmm. and i'm going to play the role of a client because this is what a client would typically say is mm-hmm. now you want me to be tough on that child you know what do you want me to do okay so you're you, you want me to say that the child has to get a job the teenager has to get a job let's say Mm -hmm. okay but the teenager is depressed so as a parent I'm going to say to you like how could I do that to my teenager they're depressed they're they're drinking too much and now you want me to say get a job or get out of the house like yeah and and I see I see the the conflict because it's really hard but you've tried the 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 gentle you've tried to gentle doesn't work gentle doesn't work and that's the thing so um I often tell you know it's really hard to put those boundaries but at the same time it's important to have a balance you want to be supportive and you don't want to be so it's i love you i love you and and making sure that they understand that and that you're doing this from a place of love um but you know these are the consequences of your behavior it's just i love when you i use this all the time i'm stealing it but it's She's like stealing it from I'm me by the way it. it's a sandwich <laughs> it is a sandwich i don't want anyone else to get credit that's all <laughs> but you know like when we when we're driving and we run a stop sign yeah. we get a ticket we don't like it we yeah, I, that's how we I cry <laughs> i i get upset when i get a ticket but It prevents me from, it doesn't guarantee it, but it prevents me from doing it again. So you need to give the ticket and whatever that ticket is, you'll have to decide that. And I think with the therapist or counselor can help you decide what appropriate boundaries are. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're helping them by letting go and by being um, putting really strict boundaries with them. Okay, so I think this is so valuable, Melissa, um, because I can think of a lot of people who are married or dating somebody who's alcoholic, for example. Yeah. And so um, what I'm going to piggyback on what you said is that you have to mean business with that boundary. So yes. Because the problem is we talked about the brain yeah. and the reward center. So since the reward center is so powerful, if you don't say to your partner and mean business, like, unless this stops by this date mm-hmm. or we go... You know, you're going to rehab or we're going to cancel or whatever it may be, okay, that, you know, I can't continue a relationship with you. And I think it sounds a little bit like this. I love you, but I love me more, which you're supposed to, Uh okay? Because otherwise, if you keep saying, you know, I'm sick of your drinking, I'm sick of it, but you don't put a clear consequence the person will not stop drinking. They may stop for a week or two. Why would they? 
there's no well they they know it's bad they know you know you should do that stop sign but i'm still there's no no one's gonna catch me you no one's gonna put any why are we like those humans what's wrong with us (laughs) but we are like that we are yeah so you know for, for people listening where they're in a relationship with someone who has a substance abuse problem unfortunately you have to really mean business Mm -hmm. and stick to them oh you have to stick Mm -hmm. to it what do you why did you jump in and say that the stick to it well because i often hear people threaten to leave or say that they're gonna don't don't ever say it if you don't mean it yeah don't say it if you don't mean it but like you know stay at uh stay at the it's easier to stay it's easier to stay in the relationship it's easier not to put boundaries but at the same time you know if you're gonna stay somewhere else or that person stays somewhere else or you 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 give an ultimatum um you have to stick by it because then you're teaching them that your word doesn't mean anything okay two very important questions that uh, people are i know they're asking out there yeah okay one is what if the person who's an addict is in every other way fabulous great husband great father great guy or great wife great mother should you be turning a blind eye i mean overall the bank account's pretty good Mm -hmm. you know should you be turning a blind eye like you know we all have our stuff it's okay well in your view you have to ask yourself are you happy is this creating a problem in your relationship well you're not happy but nothing's perfect you might say to yourself yeah but is that is that can you accept this i don't know it's can you, should you accept it? Though? Should you and can you? And, and is, is that impacting your kids? That's the thing. Is that is that the and role model? And we're saying as therapists, it, it is a hundred percent. Even if they're young, a lot of my clients too say they're really young. They don't notice. Even babies can pick up on a lot of things. And my second question is: You go to your partner and you say, "Listen, I think you're addicted to weed, to alcohol, or whatever. And you know, I love you, but I love me more, or whatever way you want to say it. I love you, but like for me, this has to stop for us to continue." And the mm-hmm. partner explodes and says, "What's wrong with you? Lots of people smoke weed. Lots of people drink. What? What? Get off my back. What do you do?" Yeah. I love that you said that because that's typically the response. Yes. Because you're calling them out. Now you're threatening the one thing that's taking away their pain. It's their best friend. Why? It's a threat. Ah. So, of course, they're going to get angry. Of course, they're going to lash out and try to twist it maybe onto you because they're just, again, trying to protect Um, But that's where the communication skills come in. And we have to keep, I call it the broken record. I understand. It's actually called that. Yeah. Broken record technique. I understand. But this is this is what needs to happen. You need to go to rehab or else I'm leaving. Yeah. Now, the thing about all of this is that um, the person gets very, very angry because the person would like to keep status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What would you what would you do? Well, I believe in the broken record technique very yeah. much and I think that you have to mean business and I think that it's you know there's a it's it's very multi-layered because actually tolerating that you slowly but surely lose yourself. Now in therapy school, yeah. they call addiction the other woman. Mm. Because you called the alcohol or the crack cocaine um, you said it was like a best friend. And yeah. when you said that, it reminded me of learning that in school. It's such a great great line yeah. teacher taught me. Is And I don't know if you know this, but in couple therapy, you're not legally allowed to see a couple if there's an addiction because there's a third party in the relationship. I don't know if you know that. Okay? You're not supposed to because as long as there's an addiction, you can't treat you can't. the couple. There's a third party. So the person's choosing the bottle over you. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't compete with an you can't compete with drugs or alcohol. You cannot compete, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to compete in my relationship. Mm-hmm. So that it would kill me to have to go, but I'd go. Mm-hmm. 
and you hope that the person will decide that losing you is more important to them than giving you know, than than keeping the alcohol and that it's worth it to them because if not, Mm -hmm. what they are saying basically Mm. is that the addiction, they love the addiction sadly more than you and you're doomed anyways at that point, aren't you? Yes. Okay, we're going to have to take a short break, but I do think this is an important point. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Raich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Wow, the time goes fast on meaty topics, addiction. Uh, Just talking about how um, we often in therapy call addiction in a couple, the other woman or the other man. And I was just talking on the break with Melissa and how serious that is because Mm -hmm. it's actually worse than another woman or another man because Mm -hmm. it's always there. So you have a fight, the person goes to take a drink, and you you don't really have the person then. You have the person with alcohol. So I think when you said um, you have to decide if you could accept it, I think I would say, how could you even, I would challenge, how could someone consider accepting a third party in the relationship? But It's the, trouble. It is, it is. But the thing is that people do. 
because because people like to stay in their comfort zone. Yeah. Like I said, it's hard to change. But the question is, again, we have to be honest with ourselves, is is this the life that I want? Is this self-love staying with this person? It can or, be, and, and you, we do agree it's not self-love. It's not self-love. It's and, not self-love. And I have kids, I need to model self-love. Yes. Because they're watching how I'm looking the other way. Yes. Okay. Yes. So addicts, by the way, they do types of denial. And I know you came prepared to talk about the denials. And I'm curious what denials people do. I mean, obviously, it's saying I'm not addicted. I drink three times a week only. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the problems because there are functional alcoholics, mm-hmm. and functional drug addicts. So it's not always the guy on the street. So what are these denials? I hate that term. A lot of people use it, the functioning alcoholics. But it's true. Why do you hate it? Because, because it's, still, it's still just as, as bad. Oh, it is. <laughs> but the it thing is, is a lot, but the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because a lot of people use that as, to justify that it's okay because they're still meaningful responsibilities and they're still going to work or doing their functions but it's still destroying the the family unit but also themselves so um you know a lot of people use that and that's part of the rationalization the denial when we rationalize it when we say you know what again i'm not hurting anyone i'm still maintaining my responsibility the bills are paid you know i'm, I'm still going to work uh, so that's one way another would be minimizing you know hmm. I only have one or I only use it on the weekends. Uh, So when we minimize um, how much we use this. And then there's simple denial, which is your denial of denial. You're what like, does that mean? You're like, what what, what addiction? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like denial that you're in denial. Right. I'm not in denial. I just don't have an issue. Okay. Right? Gotcha. <laughs> so you're like 16 hours a day watching TV and you're like, yeah, what's your problem? Yeah. Like basically, yeah. What, what's yeah. wrong with that? Gotcha. Good. Good. <laughs> and then uh, we have the avoidance. Oh, okay. Right? That's a big one. Yeah. What so, is that? Um, basically we're just we're not even wanting to look at it and that's where you brought up that the the person can get really angry because we don't because the more you bring it up the more they have to look at it and and if they're in denial they don't like that feeling and so they push it away and so we might get angry or lash out yeah yeah to push you away Oh, here comes my favorite. Yes, why don't you talk about this? The victimization. Well, you know, it's it's a really good strategy is yeah. to say, you know, like, who are you to tell me I drink too much? I, you know, with the life I've lived, yeah. you don't know my pain. And, you know, this happened to me, that happened to me. And it's been it's been hell. And I need my drink at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. What do you say to someone like that, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's just is that helping you? Is that getting, is that solving your, your pain? No, but I have so much pain, Melissa. I need, can I get a break in life? And and that's where I would use more questions about what are the consequences or what's going on because, and, and do you want to get out of this victimization? Like, do you want to have a better life? Do you want to go through, uh, it, it, sometimes we have to go through hell, but we, we'll get out of it. But it's a question of, I, and that's the hard to get out of victimization because we often say, well, I deserve this or I, I have so much pain, so much stuff has happened to me. How, how would you encourage them to get out of victimization? You know, it's, it's getting a little dull almost, but um, the first step is to tell yourself the truth. Yeah. It comes, you know, almost every show comes back to that is that, you know, um, we're all victims at some point in our life and um, you have to decide what's the story you want to tell yourself. So if you've been victimized, that's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, is I thought you said it very, very well, uh, is 
what do you, what's the life story you want? Do you want to stay a victim or do you want to pull out of it? And, you know, there are many clients who stay stuck and there are many clients you've seen and I've seen who pull themselves out of horrible victimizations. And, you know, uh, it's an honor to work with them. I can tell you, I work with people where I come home at night, I'm sure you feel the same way, where I am so touched uh, by their courage uh, from terrible situations. So yes, people can get out of victimization, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so we're just about out of time. So I know that somebody wants to know if they're addicted, do they have to stop using forever the substance very briefly? Because mm-hmm. I want to make sure there's a minute for people to find out how to reach you. Well, every, every you know, situation is, is sometimes a little different, but research supports that, yes, um, again, you talked about how the, the brain has a memory of yep. this addiction. So as soon as we even tease it, um, and re-enter whatever it is, the substance, or um, back into our brain. It's it's like muscle memory. It's gonna go back into it what it used to be. So we have to learn other ho- healthier coping ways, uh, strategies. And so I encourage anyone that's going through this um, to reach out. There's also uh, AA meetings, which is Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, if people don't like the 12-step model, there's also smart recovery meetings that they, they have online. So I encourage you, I know it's hard to come out and admit this addiction, but use your support system. And actually I found that people are actually more encouraging um, than, than you think. And, and people get through it. And one of the best things in life is whatever problem you have, someone else has had it. Yes. And coping and support is key. Melissa, you are absolutely fabulous at this stuff. If somebody wants to work with you um, on how to overcome their addiction and tell themselves the truth, how would they reach you and how would they book an appointment? Mm-hmm. So you can call me at 514-777-4530 and uh, definitely we can work on some strategies to help with the addiction, learning triggers, coping with cravings, um, and understanding what's at the root of the problem. Can they call you if there's a relationship, if yeah. they need help with their relationship because someone also, or yeah. a friend is in trouble yeah, I for also, tough love? Yeah. Can you do tough love? Yes, I also help family members um and also uh people in relationships i have i have a couple of clients that are in that situation now and uh to help them get through putting boundaries and giving tough love and with positive results so well that's all the time we have today so before we sign off i'd really like to thank you melissa you were just amazing and we're going to have you back real soon because you're always a wealth of knowledge so thank you very much thank you for having me uh, always a pleasure. I'd also like to thank again Spa Maneri for helping to make this show possible. Check them out, spamaneri.com. Go get a nice massage, mention Straight Talk, and you can get 15% off. And I'd especially like to thank all of you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandarish and making this show successful around the world. I really appreciate it. I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. Um, if you're interested in our retreats, uh, therapy, reaching Melissa, or any media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, please check out helpforanxietydepression.com. And also, if you go on straighttalksandarish.com and add a forward slash and write radio gifts, you can get all sorts of amazing free gifts from many of our guests. Check out also our Facebook page, Straight Talk with Sandarish too. Um, and feel free to leave a question for me or for Melissa or any of our guests. And don't forget to like our page while you're there. You can hear this show and any prior show as a podcast on my website, straighttalksandarish.com. Also, on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Uh, and please do stay in touch at info at help for an, 
sorry, info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If you're a professional and you're looking for keynote speakers or training on this topic, anxiety, depression, emotional regulation, or living a purposeful life, remember I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education. My name is Sandra Reese, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reese. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.